Hi everybody, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I am your host, the Dance Scientist, and the Dance Science Podcast intends to build connections and drive discussion on how we can improve our field and make dance science more normalized. Thank you for being here and please enjoy this episode. Hi everybody, thank you so much for being here with me today. Welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I am your host, the Dance Scientist. And in today's episode, the Dance Science Podcast is actually going to have its first guest speaker. So welcome Astrid Zuluaga Lopez. She's gonna be our guest speaker for today. And just a quick side note, this is actually somebody that I did not previously know. And this is kind of one of my favorite things about Instagram is that we get to connect with people from all over the world. So first, I just want to thank Astrid for being here with me today. Thank you so much, Maria. I'm very excited about this. Yes, we have a really great conversation planned. And I think it's going to offer a lot of wisdom for both educators and dancers. So first, Astrid is going to tell us just a little bit about herself and what she specializes in. Yeah, um, I guess um, I wanted to start saying again, thank you, Maria, for uh, giving me the space to do this. Uh, yeah, so my name is Astrid. I was um, born and raised in Venezuela, and I have been living here in the States for probably the past 10 years. Um, I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. I actually just uh, became one not too long ago, and um, I'll be practicing soon as a clinical dietitian. So I'm very excited about about this. I'm also a ballet instructor. I have been that for ten years. A Pilates instructor for the past uh, two and a half years, which has been really awesome and helpful to expand my knowledge um, and including and even improve my skills as a educator yes and um yeah and well i was a former i guess i could have started there i was a former i'm a former ballet dancer professional ballet dancer i did that for um i would say professionally for about four years and i i trained ever since i was six years old so i've been involved with ballet and the dance community for a very long time okay good awesome okay Next, could you just kind of describe a little bit more about your journey in dance and then specifically what led you to becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist? Yeah, so my dance journey really started, um, I guess, with a doctor's appointment. I, I actually went with my mom. My mom was just worried that I was walking with my, turned, uh, my feet turned in. Um, and he just, the doctor just recommended me to... Um, take a dance class. He didn't necessarily say um, to take ballet, but that's like my mom thought I might as well, I guess, since everything's turned out, she thought that would be a good idea. And ever since I stuck with that, I just, I loved it. And um, I guess I did my pre-professional training back home in Venezuela. And then I moved to Panama and um, I was able to dance with Ballet Nacional de Panama um learn a lot of partnering work which is something i hadn't been exposed to until that moment so that was probably that was really i mean that was probably my favorite thing about ballet about dancing um and after that i had the opportunity with my family to uh, move to the states we moved to miami and 
I did a little bit of my pre-professional training with Miami City Ballet School. Uh, there I learned a little bit more of what the balancing style was, which was <laughs> was such a good learning experience because I had been training as in the Vaganova style and Cuban style. So it was completely different, very challenging. And I was learning this at 19, 18, 19 years old. So you can imagine how hard that was. Yes. Um, but super, I mean, it was so interesting, so beautiful. Um, so yeah, I did that. And after I auditioned, it was time to audition for companies and uh, I was able to get in Arts Ballet Theater of Florida, which was North Miami. And I did that for a couple more years, maybe two. And then I I guess then it's when I started realizing that perhaps I wanted to do something else. I think uh, that comes to mind after I realized I have just, I have too many questions and mm-hmm. no enough answers. Yeah. Or if I would find answers, they will be contradicting answers. Yes. Um, so so I, I guess everyone, every dancer would be, you know, how can I improve? what's in my hands that I can use to improve my performance, right? Mm-hmm. And first thing that comes to mind, well, my diet, right? That's kind of easy, that's everyone eats, it's it's kind of in your control. So I thought, okay, well, what can I do? So uh, sadly, I would go to Google, oh, <laughs> um, boy. Dr. Google, Instagram. Back then, um, Instagram was starting to get a big and influences so and all of that. So. You know, I was getting my nutrition information from sources that were not necessarily the best mm-hmm. ones. And I would end up very frustrated because I just, you know, you'd see something works for your peer. Yeah. It's also a dancer who's also trying to make it into the ballet world. Mm-hmm. And you try that and it doesn't work for you. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Or if something works, say you're, you tried on this diet that everyone said works amazingly. And, and it works for a short term, and then what happens, right? Um, it, you just go back to back to zero, like feeling um, uh, either very fatigued for the lack of energy, um, or just frustrated. You're not not necessarily getting into the roles you wanted because you're not able to keep up with the training because of that same reason. Um, not only that, you also expose yourself to. Um, injuries right um so there was again a lot of questions and 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 that's where i thought okay i i need to know the the answer to these questions and and like study it firmly so that maybe i can help the future generation of dancers so that they don't they don't go through this because it, yes. it felt really i guess it was frustrating overall i would, I would say that's what i would <laughs> describe it at the time i i just I just, I guess, I needed help. I didn't have the, I didn't have the resources, mm. and so uh, trying it, trying on my own, I couldn't, I couldn't find the answer. So I was like, I guess I'm gonna have to, you know, do this in a formal way, and hopefully become someone that can be that person that I was trying to find when I was a dancer. Yeah. Yes, I can really relate so much to the way that you felt curious at a young age and had all those questions. And yeah, sometimes we resort to Google when really we shouldn't be Googling that much or we should just be really careful about what we're Googling. But I can really relate to feeling curious and having all those questions and being a little bit frustrated that you can't find the answers. But I think that's ultimately what led you into making this decision and pursuing this as a career path. 
So it ended up, yeah, it ended up working out for you, which is amazing. (laughs) Yes, finally. (laughs) It was, I I guess it was a a good decision. It was absolutely a great decision. And, um, and yeah, now I look back and, and with all this information that I have now, uh, and, and just to think, I wish I had all of this information in my hands. So, um, I hope, and I think that's kind of what you do as well. Um, I hope that we can be those people that they're, you know, they're, they're looking for um, uh, at an early stage in their ballet career or dance career overall. Yeah. 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 And also another point that you hit on is something that I read in the research a lot is that dancers tend to get their nutrition advice from sources that are not credible. So like, you know, celebrities who are not necessarily don't have necessarily have the credentials, you know, think basically like along the lines of what you said, things that they'll see on social media and so forth. So I do think that's an issue when we're talking about this topic. Yeah, um, I agree with you, especially because um, I don't feel like they ever or I guess I can talk for myself. I don't think I ever really questioned my um, the way I ate or my nutrition up until I was asked by my maybe instructor, my director, anybody to to you know lose weight a very at a very young age. So I was like, whoa! So I, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, so that's where I started to question my 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 nutrition. And but I, before that, before then, I didn't have you know any issue with it but i also was not as exposed to social media at that time yeah. uh, i know it's different now right because maybe they have a an instructor that knows uh they're not su- supposed to be giving nutrition recommendations but then they go home and and they're exposed to all these influencers yeah. that you know they're selling their supplement or this training modality that works for them and so how do we how can we help them? How do we prevent that from happening? How can we, you know, tell these dancers that, you know, they, they don't have to take these drastic decisions yes. or, or, you know, actions to be the dancer they want to be. So I think yes. that's where you and I are here mm-hmm. to debunk some myths, bring some, um, you know, some recommendations that are backed by science and, um, and just, you know, just truly hopefully we'll be able to reach out to as many as us as we can so that we can change a little bit the dynamic of how that truly uh, impacts the dance community. Yeah, and I do, I mean, I really feel bad that they're growing up in this age of that negative side of Instagram where they're constantly seeing other dancers looking a certain way or doing a certain diet. And at that age, you know, you really don't have the thinking capacity to think, oh, that might not be good for me just because it's good for that person. So, mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, it's obviously a challenge and it's obviously something we need to discuss. And I'm glad we're sitting here discussing it because it's hard for them at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and like you said, they probably don't even, they can't even dimension how, how detrimental that actually is. So I guess, you know, this is where, as you mentioned, this is not just information for for the dancers, in, but for the educators, but also the parents. Because, yes. um, you know, they at the end of the day, they're the ones that, especially if they're younger, are, are the ones monitoring what, what they're exposed to in terms of, you know, social media content. So yes. if we can let them know 
you know, what are, or recommend what are good um, um, social media accounts that, that truly su are supported by science yes. or, or know ex or are professionals or know exactly what they're talking about and not just trying to sell products or, you know, training modalities. I think um, that could also perhaps, um, you know, maybe help it with reducing the amount of exposure to such, you know, so much misinformation in, um yeah it, it admits yeah. things that are not real yeah yeah it's nice that you're getting the parents involved too because it really takes a team at the end of the day absolutely not necessarily one person yeah. yeah so next what advice would you give a student who's interested in pursuing your specific field um well uh <laughs> first do a lot of research you know it's funny when i first started um I just remember, okay, I like nutrition, so let's see what, what this is about, right? And I, I remember reading about it, and I was like, okay, four years of, of studying, and, and I thought that was it, and I love studying, don't get me wrong, but um, I didn't think I was prepared to for everything else that came. Um, so I think do your research and if you want to know a little bit more, definitely reach out to me and I'll tell you exactly how, you know, what steps to take and what programs are out there to get into. Cause it's a very, it's a very rewarding, um, career. Um, it's, it's very interesting. It's constantly evolving just like any other science, you know, career. Um, it's, it's, and it's something that if you, if you're someone that likes to help it, I think it's, you know, it's going to be something where you're going to feel comfortable. And I, I personally chose nutrition because I still wanted to be involved with ballet or dance. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I chose nutrition for the most part. I was like, okay, if I'm not going to be a performer anymore and I know I'm going to continue to, uh, you know, be an instructor, what else can I do besides teaching? Um, so I know there are many other ways. It's not just nutrition. Um, remind me again, um, wh what's your spe uh, specialization? My PhD is going to be in health and human performance. I love that. So yeah, there's so many different ways that you can get into if, if science is something that you like and still, you know, make it something that's related to to dance yeah. or ballet, whatever is your the, your dance style of preference. Uh, you can absolutely do that. But yeah, just know that to be a registered dietitian, you have to do your bachelor's. Starting 2024, you're gonna have to get your master's, but you also have to do over 1200 hours of supervised work in the clinical um, environment, renal nutrition, community nutrition, sports nutrition, and food service, if not a few more, probably missing a few more, but it's, it's so exciting. It's so, so exciting. And after that, once you're done with the internship and you can uh, register for the exam, uh, that gives you uh, officially the registration and then you can apply for a license. So yeah, it's a long, it's a long way, but it's, um, it's very, it's fascinating. I think it's very interesting and you get to do a lot of stuff. So I think what's, what's fun about nutrition is that you truly can go to different fields. So say, uh, you like clinicals, then you can absolutely work in inpatient or outpatient setting. But then let's say after 
I don't know, five, 10 years, you want to try something else, then you can do sports nutrition or you can do pediatric nutrition, you can do community. So um, I, it almost feels like, you know, it's a, there's never ending um, opportunities. Um, so I, I would, you know, if you truly want to do this, absolutely let me know and I'll, you know, give you, uh, give you a little insight of what to expect. I would say, I guess my, my second advice would be, you know, if you want to understand, go into nutrition to, to answer all those questions like I did. If you happen to be someone who is struggling with an eating disorder, I have been diagnosed with an eating disorder, so you're, you, you have it in an active way, I would first recommend you, you um, go ahead and talk to your doctor and, and try to get that treated because yes, understanding eating disorders will be probably helpful, but your health comes first. Yeah. So you just want to make sure you get that, um, you know, checked, treated, see what they can do for you so that you can be at your best and, you know, enjoy the journey of what it is starting nutrition. I'm so glad one of the points that you just mentioned was that there really are so many avenues and there really are so many career options av available. And you were just talking about nutrition alone, but that's really another reason why I wanted to start this podcast is to really start talking about all the career options that are available just in general, right? And I think yeah. we need to be sitting down and having these conversations because like you said, you know, do students really know that all of these options are available? Maybe not, or maybe, you know, maybe hearing our conversation kind of leans them into a certain way. So I just think it's awesome that there are also so many options in your field. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I love that you asked me this because I think it's important that, you know, they know this at a young age because um, I understand everyone. And I did at, at, at that time, you know, you're so focused in your ballet career but we know ballet or your dance career is not a traditional career, right? It's, it won't last very long, as at least as a performer, right? That might be changing now. Maybe maybe people are dancing for a longer time. And if that's the case, I will absolutely love that for everybody. But um, I think having, you know, uh, having an understanding or knowing a little bit of what, what's, what are, what's going to be the next thing you're going to do, um, you know, just try to explore all these, all, all these avenues, like you mentioned, um, and see what sounds interesting, what sounds fun. And, and yeah, you can still choose something that almost seems like it's not related to dance, yeah. but somehow find a way to make it yeah. so that you still stay close to your dance community. Absolutely. Yeah, I relate to this, to this conversation so, so much. <laughs> and then yes. kind of piggybacking off of that same question is if there's like one thing specifically that you've learned that really would have helped you as a young dancer specifically, like maybe one little tidbit. I know it's really yes. hard to zero in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there could be so many. Absolutely. Um, I think I think the one my biggest takeaway would be. You know, you can be successful at dance. You can be amazing at what you do without having to diet or without having to restrict yourself from your favorite foods. You don't have to make eating something that you dread, something that you, oh, here we go again. No, 
you get, it should be such a fun, nice, comforting experience. You know, something that you share with your family, you share with your friends. It shouldn't be a time where you get very anxious, right? So I would like to tell my, my you know, my dance, my dancer self that it's okay to have, you know, your favorite chocolate candy. It's okay to have cake, to have cookies and and not wait an insane amount of time until you can have those again. Um, so I think, you know, I would, I think that's, I would associate what people like to call us bad foods, although, although there's no such thing as, you know, bad foods, um, as, you know, something that would prevent you from being the best or professional. So I wish I knew that at the time, I would say, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then where can people learn more about you and how can they access your resources? So um, with this new year, uh, new projects start. Um, I actually, probably about a week ago, I just opened up my uh, Instagram account. It's called, uh, you can find me at Fueling Dancers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a space where I'm going to prioritize um you know, bringing some education, some attention to dancers and first health, uh, uh, getting well nourished. What it, what does, what does it mean to be well, uh, well nourished, supporting health first and performance second? Because I think as dancers, we like to identify ourselves as, yes, I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer. That's all I am. But you forget you're also human and that, you, you know, you, you have health requirements just like everybody else. You have to uh, be able to support bone health, which is something that dancers yes. um, struggle with so much, right? Um, so, or, or a regular menstrual cycle, something that has been, you know, sometimes I've heard some um, instructors be like, oh, if you don't have it, then you're doing fine. And it's like, wait, hold up, no, because this can actually... Uh, bring some long-term consequences Gosh, yeah. that sometimes can't even be fixed. So I think I want to bring awareness with my new um, Instagram account into, you know, we're human first. We're going to, uh, you know, focus on health and then we're going to focus on performance. And absolutely, I'll give you all the information you need to, you know, uh, make some tweaks to improve performance with nutrition but just remember that health comes first and that's why we're going to uh, just try to normalize a little bit. I think everyone is just very focused on I have to be the best and I get it. I understand it that, you know, the, the dance world, there's so much pressure. Yeah. It's so hard to get into about a, a company. So I understand the desire and the willingness to just do everything what it takes that it takes to become a dancer, a professional one. But you can, you know, you can dance for too long or be your very best if you're putting your health second. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think that's what I want to do with my um, with what I, with my projects. I will also do a website sometime soon. So if you follow me, you can uh, get some more information about that. Again, I'm just starting. Mm -hmm. um, but we have also, I don't know if you heard about this, it's a coalition called Athletes and the Arts. Yes. And it's, um, yeah, so it's a, a bunch of organizations. We, we don't only support dancers, but uh, dancers, but also musicians and all kinds of uh, 
individuals that perform artistically and um uh, together with three other dietitians, this year we're going to uh, produce a little more uh, more resources for dancers specifically because that's our area or a specialty for uh, dancers. Uh, we're going to do um, handouts also for instructors, directors, and bring a little bit more awareness on perhaps we need some dietitians on board with the staff. Um, so I think we we have a really special project, and I will also be sharing a lot of information from that organization so that everyone can be on board. Yeah. How nice will it be to have this stuff finally a little bit more accessible for both dancers and teachers? That's a really big step. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really going to help yeah. progress dance science in general. Yeah. So now as kind of a wrap up to part one, which is part one is kind of just getting to know Astrid and what she specializes in. So as a little wrap up question, if you had to offer one tidbit of wisdom to our audience today, what would that be? Yeah, and I think um, we talked a little bit about it, but I think my biggest thing would be um, watch out with uh, who or what what the content that you're being exposed to yes. you know is mm-hmm. uh, make sure that if if you're into following people in social media that you think is going to help you with dance performance I'm super okay with that absolutely but make sure that these are people that are professionals that know what they're doing, that are not necessarily promoting a product that they made yes, or, it's a big or issue. you know, because mm. that's, yeah, yes. or that is an app, right? Mm. Um, or do this specific workout and lose weight. A lot yes. of those, um, the whoever calls nutri- themselves nutrition coach or, you know, yes. health coach, be a little weary about um, those um, social media accounts mm-hmm. and instead try to stay close to uh, people that use science to back up your recommendations. So register, you can find, if if you're trying to find nutrition information, I would suggest you follow uh, registered dietitians or registered dietitian nutritionists. Yes. They usually like to put that in their bio so that people know that, you know, that they're actually putting nutrition information that is evidence-based. Um, so I would say that would be my, my biggest advice. Just make sure that you're following quality content. Um, I don't know if you wanted to add something to yeah, that. Because it really is twofold. I mean, part of it is like the professional dancers that they see on Instagram, right? Claiming to have tried this product or tried this diet. So I think that's like the first half is they're looking up to these dancers and they see them as, you know, kind of like godlike and they'll basically take any advice from them. So I think it's important that you're distinguishing that just because they're a professional dancer doesn't mean that they're necessarily credentials match this field. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, you couldn't have said that yeah. better. And like, and how do we do? Because I, I'm trying to, I'm trying, because I understand, you know, I have my own favorite ballerina, and that's Marianela Nunez. And like, yeah, I can understand wanting to do anything that she does that works for her. Yeah. But we need to understand 
that's perhaps even though it might seem like they have the best intentions and that they believe in the product again what works for someone might not necessarily always work for somebody else and remember sometimes these supplements that are being advertised quick fixes. these are not regulated by government yeah. right yeah. so so again be being careful what what you're putting in your body and, and just do some research um or find these um websites or dietitians or professionals and dance science that understand a little bit better perhaps a lot more about these um specific questions that you have and have them let them answer those for you rather than you know someone that perhaps is not very well versed in the matter yeah because then like the second part of it are like the nutrition coaches that you were mentioning those mm -hmm. are like you know basically like easier certifications to get you know you can kind of get one in like one day basically right exactly you don't hours. use anyone it's like what we'd say um anyone can call themselves a nutritionist right so so that's why that's why i made the emphasis on if you really want to get quality nutrition information make sure you're following a registered dietitian or reg registered dietitian nutritionist we go for about six years studying difference. yes Big six to difference. seven years so so believe me it, we we will make sure we provide you with information that is um easy to understand we break down information that comes from peer-reviewed articles yes. uh, something that you know that if you try to read might be boring but we will make it more digestible for you yeah and we need to be like i said we just need to be having these conversations because it's not necessarily common knowledge that people know these tiny nuances right right yeah, yeah. okay so now we're going to shift into part two of this podcast episode where we're really going to talk about how important it is for dance educators to really stay in their lanes okay but we're not just going to be talking about general information here. We're going to try to really break it down into actual strategies that you can really take into the dance classroom. The first thing I want to highlight is that I think from a dance educator's standpoint, I think a lot of the times they think they're helping the situation. So do you have anything in response to that? Yeah, I, I I agree for sure. I, I always think that the directors, at least for the most part, they always have the best intentions, right? Mm -hmm. They always want to see the dancers succeed. Um, so I can understand why they want to provide help, even in some in aspects that perhaps they're not as well versed. But we we I guess I I want to make awareness on the fact that giving nutrition recommendations can be a very delicate subject, right? Especially to such a vulnerable vulnerable population that is children and adolescents. So I think um, with this topic that we're trying to break down for you guys, uh, it's just important that we understand if our position is an educator, then understand what our what's our scope of practice, right? Yes. So we were trained to do what to 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 make easy or make in a way that's understandable for our dancers uh, what the information we're trying to convey, right? So if it's 
something technique related? How do we make it in a way that that my dancer will understand? And having into account that not all dancers have the same learning um, styles, right? So I think that's where the um, instructors should have the focus on. Um, and I know it's hard because as an instructor, um, I, I've always wanted, by the way, to find some sort of a certification. I've been looking into the American Ballet Theater certification because mm -hmm. it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. And what I know, it's obviously from what I learned in my sixth, what I've been learning in the past. I, I, I guess I lost count, but I guess I trained for about uh, 16 years and that's what I've been putting into my teaching style. But I, and, and that's why I went ahead and pursued Pilates because I was yes. like, okay, maybe I, I need, I need to mm -hmm. learn a little bit more. Yeah, because um, it, it's just, it, it never feels like I got it, I'm ready, I'm done, I'm perfect. Right. I think I'm a, a good enough um, instructor, but I always feel like I can do better, right? Especially when we get those students that really humble you and show you, okay, this is something that perhaps has been working in these past years for so long, and with this one, it does not. How do I help this person, right? Uh, so that's why I was so excited when I saw your content. I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I had been needing this, this whole time. Um, but yes, I think it's important to to want to grow and, 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 to, and just expand the knowledge, but just make sure that that knowledge stays within the scope of practice, which yes. is, you know, the uh, teaching, educating, and, and how do you convey that information? What do you think about that? Yes, and I really, really think it should be a little comforting to educators because now they can kind of just think they don't have to wear all the hats, right? They don't have to be the psychologist. They don't have to be the nutritionist. They don't have to be the PT. They don't have to be the doctor. Right. <laughs> they can just be the educator and just focus on technique. Right. So, yeah. I, I agree. And I do want to say I had the uh, the chance to talk in a, in a different podcast with athletes in the arts, actually, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit about this issue. And, and it was very uh, nice to hear from the other dietitians that they, they've heard that some directors, they actually understand this so well, they oh. just refer them straight to a dietitian. So yes. I want to give a shout out to all of those directors, mm -hmm. educators, instructors that, you know, understand the impact of, you know, their words. Remember, these are dancers look out to you guys and um, and and they will take to to heart everything that that comes from your mouth. So it's it's a huge responsibility and something that has cannot be taken lightly so um so yeah anything like nutrition recommendation weight loss recommendations those are things that first need to be discussed with the team or in a multidisciplinary approach and see if it's, that's actually something that they need it's or that's gonna um you know help them in the long term or you know performance wise so so yeah absolutely I, I agree with you yeah and I think one of the most professional things that educators can do is when let's say a dancer comes up to them and has a question let's say in regards to nutrition or just you know anything basically in the field I think the best thing they can do in that instance is have a list of people that they refer the kids out to right so that they're uh, yeah. like still like the source, like they're still giving the dancers an answer, right? And not leaving them open-ended, but 
making sure that they're being taken care of from somebody who actually has their credentials at the end of the day. I totally agree with you. And you know, uh, the, as a dietitian, a lot of the, uh, the time we spend is educating mm -hmm. and whether that is for, you know, the intended population in this case, dancers, but we also can do a lot of that for the uh, the staff, for the instructors, for uh, for directors. And I think I love that idea. And I, I think, you know, because I have some experience uh, working um, with collegiate sports. It was awesome because it's a very specialized um, area of nutrition. It's not really easy to get into, but because I, I was able to do my master's in exercise nutrition, this opportunity presented. And I was able to work with football players, ten, uh, tennis players, uh, swim, golf. It was, it was such a learning experience. And I thought, why don't we have this in dance? I understand, you know, your collegiate athletes and dancers have very different and unique um, energy requirements and caloric and protein requirements. Uh, but we, it would be so helpful if we could have uh, a dietitian that perhaps it's not their part-time, perhaps it's not their full-time, but, you know, kind of like uh, sporadically comes in and gives the services such as, you know, a individual counseling, but education, team talks. Mm -hmm education for the uh, for the staff it'll be nice so that whenever they are present they're in a situation where a dancer comes in with a question they're able to answer perhaps at a surface level and if this question goes more in depth then they refer just like you mentioned yeah. so for example if, if we have someone um a dancer that goes to their director and say um I, I want to know if I'm, you know, eating enough protein. Mm -hmm. um, what can I do? Um, the instructor can say, well, because they cannot necessarily be giving, okay, perhaps you need 150 right. grams of protein, <laughs> right? They can't really do that, but maybe they can mention what are the foods that have protein, right? Anyone that has that basic knowledge can right. tell you that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to list uh uh, protein-rich sources of food. So if the director or the instructor says, okay, well, have you been eating chicken or tofu or any other protein source that there is out there? And, and that puts her to think, okay, maybe not enough. Okay, well, if that's the case, why don't we have you talk to yeah, the dietitian, mm -hmm. right? So that way, like you mentioned, we're still addressing the question. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. one is stepping over boundaries, mm -hmm. right? And and we're still providing the help mm -hmm. and 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 everyone and everyone is able to do, you know, what they're supposed to do and no one is harmed, right? Because even though that seems like a very uh genuine simple um question, if 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 it's answered in, in a in a way that is not well thought, you know, we're talking about children or 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 adolescents. Adolescents perhaps they they at that point they have developed a a little bit more of a critical thinking. Mm -hmm. 
maybe not, but I know for children, it's more of like black and white thinking, mm-hmm. right? So we truly have to be very, very careful with yes. how we respond to these nutrition recommendations. Yes, yeah. Because at that age, they'll take anything as advice and they'll run with it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it's really nice to see companies slowly starting to kind of adopt this new system. I just wish it would ripple and be a little bit more consistent, right? I agree. I would like to see this in um, in just dance studios. You know, we unfortunately don't 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 have um, you know dietitians or anything like that on board or athletic trainers, right? It's you see this more. Um, at the company level, yeah. and and that is great, right? We we need that at, in that um, in that setting, but I feel like the more we can educate when they're young, yes, I think it's better better because then they go into these companies, and and they're you know they have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. They probably will be able to have long lasting careers because they're taking smarter decisions, at least nutrition based mm-hmm. in the nutrition aspect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important that they receive this information at an early age. Yeah. And that's when they're really vulnerable, especially anyways, just in yeah. t- terms of physically and mentally. Yeah. yeah. So another thing you hit on was that it's really also long term right? We're not just talking like if advice is given and it's incorrect. We're not just talking like, you know, that day, right? We're talking things that ripple through the rest of their lives. So can you touch on that a little bit more? Yeah, um, very, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, uh, these nutrition recommendations can be detrimental. And especially when we're at a, well, we're at a time where, um, I don't know if you've heard the term, but it's used a lot, diet culture, right? And it's not something new. We've been exposed to it for a long time um, to, you know, a dancer, not dancers, or just girls in general having to look a certain way. Mm. There's already pressure in that aspect. You come into dance, which is a aesthetic, um, you know, discipline. There's more pressure into, you know, making your lines look longer you have to be slim so um when when someone receives a recommendation such as you gotta lose weight when you probably are already under an ideal body weight or or right there right and 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 you're so young you know the pressure is on we understand you want to get into a company we understand you want to be professional and how hard that is um so when when we give recommendations to these dancers and they take this so so personally and like you mentioned like like an absolute advice yeah. uh it can be very hurtful because if they continue to hear this over and over it's been a week they continue to ask them to do certain things or dancers around are just talking about diets or i don't look good and and put into perspective the fact that if we're talking about younger dancers, they're, I don't, I don't even know how to calculate, but what, 10 hours a week or maybe so that they're average, in, yeah. mm-hmm. in front of the mirror, looking at themselves mm-hmm. nonstop, comparing their bodies to everybody else in the room. So it's not easy. And it's something um, very hard to detect 
in just one day and it's just like you mentioned something that in the long term just hits and it's there so i'm talking about stuff like nutrition nutrient deficiencies eating disorders relative energy deficiency syndrome that uh, brings about issues such as uh, like i mentioned bone health disease or um, amenorrhea so it's it's important that to to make the instructors understand the impact. I think we've made very clear that is detrimental, but I think it's important to also talk about make to make it more tangible. What are these issues that will it definitely will come up if this these issues that um, can appear are not resolved soon, mm-hmm. right? And again, they're very hard to detect um, at an early stage. So, so if we can prevent uh, any trigger from, you know, from taking place, then, you know, the better. If we can, instead of recommend very drastic and radical nutrition recommendations or weight loss, um, and we can just change that top for, you know, let's give you basic nutrition education. What, what are your macronutrients? Why are, are, why are micronutrients so important, right? Why do we need vitamin D, especially dancers, right? That are inside um, a building for dancing for so many hours. Why are they so prone to deficiency for vitamin D? Mm-hmm. Some, some of them don't even have that information. They're just told that perhaps they have a moderate deficiency in vitamin D, take this vitamin D and you know we'll see you in a couple months. But why is it that you needed it, right? Um, so I think it's important that we have them understand this information and just steer away from giving them these drastic recommendations yes. of gotta lose weight, you gotta look this way, you gotta look like her. Because for such a vulnerable population, this can be very, very detrimental. Yes. So, you know, two points, you kind of kind of circling back to the Instagram thing, I can kind of draw a lot of parallels between just like the dance science world in general. Cause like, for example, dancers will see somebody do, let's say like a crazy stretch. And it's like, you know, the title is, you know, get your splits in two days (laughs) and they all, they all run for it. Right. Because you know, the quick fixes are attractive at that age. Right. But if we really put ourselves in the mind of a young dancer, it does make sense that when they see those things, they take it as professional advice, right? So it's it's an issue across the board for sure. Yes, we, I think, and I don't know if it's always been like this, but um, I also think about it, I don't know if it's because we're so used to technology also giving us everything so quick. Mm. We want the easy fix, we want the diet that will make us lose weight the fastest. And, and, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, the majority of the times, because it's been studied so, for so long, the, diets are not sustainable. And, you know, you might think, my gosh, yeah, they help, uh, but for how long, right? Like, and, and how miserable were you throughout the time that you were trying to stick to this so like super restrictive diet? Mm. Um, did you actually need to do it, right? Or did you just you know, you needed to find something that would make you, you know, feel better about you in terms of, uh, you know, supporting your your dancing. 
um, we're like you mentioned, we're so used to, we, we just want the quick fix and the quick fix won't get you anywhere. And if it will get you somewhere, it's going to be, um, a rude awakening because it's going to be just, you know, illness, uh, deficiencies, malnutrition. So something that you definitely don't want when you're at such an important time of your career, mm -hmm. your training, you want to be a professional ballet dancer, you want to be properly fueled, properly nourished for health and then for performance. Yes, especially today in our like heightened movement demands, right? Because at a mm -hmm. young age, they're really doing more than they were 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. I see yeah. sometimes I look at the videos of, um, I don't know, like six years old, just doing these crazy turns. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never did this. Yeah, things are <laughs> really changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I can imagine, um, you know, the dancers of this generation, yeah. like having to compete with, you know, so much, uh, so many talented people, right? Yeah. Uh, but but how do you get to that point with, with proper training, with proper nutrition, with proper, like, with good information, with a school that truly or a studio that truly cares about your well-being first and then, you you know, your training um, and, and not just a, a, a place where you're just there to win competitions and, and see how far you can make it. And it's okay to want, you know, dancing as a recreational activity. Um, and, but even at that point, you, you still need support for your well-being and for your health. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, really important, all the things that we talked about today. And I also think I really enjoyed this conversation, especially because just like hearing all the specifics come from you, right? And I think it's important that we highlight that that's why this is a field. And that's why this is something that you actually had to get clinical hours for, right? You know, like this is validating everything we talked about is this is a field. This is not a one-hour <laughs> nutrition oh, no. coach course. <laughs> like seven years of, yeah. of studying, yeah. absolutely. So, um, you know, that's why she does what she does. And that's why it's important for educators to really not go into this lane because it really can be detrimental. Yeah, let us let us help you. Yes. <laughs> let us do that part. And, 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 you know, if you want to understand a little bit of nutrition at least in the superficial level so that you can help we can we can provide education for the staff uh in order for them to you know feel good enough to answer these questions and and just know your limits right if you know this is a question that goes you know beyond of the information that you have then just, you know, it's okay to say, I don't have this information for yes. you, but I can provide you with someone that has it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the times before I, I became a dietitian, you know, what, what do we recommend? We recommend what we were recommended when we were their age, what our instructor told us to do, right? So, but, but is that truly helpful? What did that do to you? You know, if I go back to the recommendations they gave me, it was like, geez, I was, I was truly miserable, very frustrated the whole time, hungry, right? So not, not fun. And I think with, with the right information, um, I think the main goal for all the dancers is to uh, have a long lasting career, a happy, long lasting career, career with, uh, 
the least amount of injuries possible, right? So we we have to help ourselves uh, with you know proper education on these fields that you mentioned that will get us that far. Yeah, and I mean, how comforting is it for educators? I mean, for me, I can personally relate to this feeling like again kind of like we're circling back to this feeling like you don't have to answer all of those specific Mm -hmm. questions like you don't have to take that extra knowledge on because it's not part of your scope right for me it feels nice yeah it's yeah yeah, it's like a a weight lift of the shoulders right and and i can understand uh why instructors uh, feel the need to do this you know i i i know i've worked with a lot of instructors and and i know the love they have for their for their dancers right they, they treat them as if they were their own children so i understand wanting to provide you know not just the technique but be that person they go to if they are you know anxious sad i i get it but there's also a professional way of doing this there's a limit yeah. exactly um and so so yeah i think it's important we we bring this to the table and and you know give this information to educators so that we can protect our dancers much better and we can set them up for success yep and it's perfectly okay for dance educators to say i don't know right i think it's actually a better thing than to try to start to make those guesses that you might not be fully sure about so yeah yeah i like that let's normalize (laughs) saying i don't know right because we don't know everything at the end of the day we don't yeah Yeah. and we and we like to think we do especially if we're in front of a lot of dancers that are ready to learn but it's okay it's true it's okay and if you don't know what you do you don't want to stay with it i don't know right do your research um um, try to find a way it, like like me for example that I feel like I need to get some sort of um, different way to get more information to improve my my teaching I'm trying to find another place to get a certification so if you have any recommendations yes, please let will. me know yes <laughs> we can chat about that yeah <laughs> well it was so nice having you on Astridge officially she was the first guest on the dance science podcast and I thank you so much for being here Thank you so much, Maria. What an honor. Thank you. Wow. I'm just kind of sitting here in awe on how enriching and amazing that conversation was. I hope you gained a lot of wisdom from this talk today. And again, I thank Astrid for being my first guest. We're just going to summarize a few talking points here. Remember that we're talking about short and long-term factors, okay? So when advice is given and it's incorrect, we're not just talking about short-term detrimental effects. We're also talking about through the lifespan of their life. Another talking point we hit on is that she recommends that we need more for young dancers and not just professional companies. Remember, it's an entire field with clinical hours, okay? So this is much different than just being a nutrition coach, which is usually just like a one-day certification that you can gain online. Remember, we also both recommended to really be careful with who you're following on Instagram. And again, this can be hard for youth dancers because they often source their nutrition advice from people who are not credible. Lastly, we really tried to hit on that educators should really not be giving specific nutrition advice and they really should have a list of references ready to go so that when dancers do come to them, they at least can give their dancers an answer.
Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, The Dance Scientist, and if you really enjoyed this episode, please feel free to either leave a review, you can also rate the episode, and you can also just send me a DM on Instagram. Thank you for being here, friends, and I look forward to seeing you in my next episode.